Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back or welcome to Wednesday Wisdom with Jimmy Warden. I'm your host, Jimmy Warden. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit about how socialization, value structures, and personality influence our priorities. So we all have priorities in our life. You know, we have specific priorities that we want to live out. However, we don't always live them out. And this is something that I've really thought about over the past couple of years. I've really been trying to learn about it. And I think, you know, after doing a lot of thinking about it too, then I came down to these three factors of socialization, you know, how we've been raised by our parents and teachers and other influencers, you know, role models, um, as well as our friend groups. So I feel like that piece of it, socialization, our value structure, you know, what we find to be important in life, uh, as well as our personality, you know, who we are as a person and what emotions are we susceptible to experience and what types of behaviors do we exhibit in the world. Those factors all really influence how not just our priorities are formed, but more specifically how we live out our priorities. Because the lives that we live tend to be based on our priorities, but we don't always live them out. And today I'm just going to try to provide some insight as to why we don't always do that. Uh, before we get into that, a uh, quick word from our sponsors. So first, I'm actually just going to start by talking about priorities and what it means to prioritize something in your life first, and then we'll work through the kinks as to how those form. So prioritization, the the definition at least that I've kind of come across and one that I've formed after looking at several different examples and trying to provide some of my own insight is that prioritization is giving something in your life more value than other things based on its perceived importance. And this level of importance has a direct correlation with how often and how long you engage in certain actions or activities. You know, an example of a priority that a lot of people have is that family is their number one priority. And if an individual has that priority and they truly try to live that out in their life, they're likely to drop any other priorities that they might be doing in that moment. If there is something family oriented that pops up, such as a family gathering, or if a family member unfortunately gets sick and they need caretaking, they're more than likely if they, like I said, if they actually live out their priorities, they're more than likely to drop whatever it is that they're doing to attend to said family event, whatever that event might be. And this variation of perceived importance that we have also has a direct connection to our own personal, emotional, and spiritual needs. A lot of these needs that we have can actually be attributed to how we've been socialized, how we've been brought up by our parents, by our teachers, by other role models, uh, as well as our friends. Um, you know, those are some groups of people that that really socialize us and influence us on how to act in the world. And another piece of it too, not that specifically, but another piece of priorities and how those are formed is that 
we all have specific personality types. We, if we are looking at the big five model, uh, there's the big five personality trait model. The five personality traits are openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. They're, they're basically on a scale, meaning that you can fall on one end of the scale or the other. So if you're, you know, for example, let's just take agreeableness. If you're, if you're high in agreeableness, it means that you're an agreeable person. You're probably pretty friendly. You don't like confrontation. But if you score low on that scale, then you're more likely disagreeable. You not necessarily enjoy confrontation, but you don't back down from confrontation. You're willing to fight for what it is that you're fighting about, if it's an argument. And a lot of that, you know, our personality types and, and knowing that we have that influence that also affects how we not just form, but live out our priorities. And a lot of this too correlates with, you know, our value structures too. You know, what, what is valuable to us kind of, and we can think of values and priorities as synonyms uh, in this, in this example that we're going to be talking about today. So if we go back to that example of the person who will do anything for their family at the drop of a hat, They've more than likely been taught by their family, by society, by their friends, that family is of the utmost importance because that's what they've grown up in. They've grown up in that environment where people have that as their number one priority. And so that it has a direct influence on, oh, well, if everybody else is having this as their priority, like I should probably have this as my priority too. Uh, because we also want to be able to, you know, as, as humans, we want to be fitting in. We want to have some type of role to play in our environment. And so their personality traits have probably more than likely been formed so that they have specific personality traits. You know, if we look at specifically uh, conscientiousness, right? They're probably a very thoughtful person. And if they're very also agreeable right? They're, they're probably going to, again, agree to some of those said precedents, and they more than likely want to try to live that out. Uh, and their value structure is, is also influenced by that, because if they're willing to do anything for their family at the drop of a hat, and they actually do that, and they're consistent in their behavior, then family clearly holds the highest position in their, in their value structure. And so these factors of socialization, personality type, and value structure contribute heavily to our behavior, and specifically in regards to prioritization, because what is of utmost importance is influenced by how we've been raised, what type of person we are, and what we find valuable, valuable in life. And again, if something is important in our life, we're more than likely to take action. We're more likely to engage in that whatever whatever it is that is of utmost importance. And so before our personality, and we're going to kind of take a, take a turn here, we're going to kind of talk a little bit more about how these three factors, we're going to go a little deeper about how they influence priorities. And I'll start with socialization. So because before our personality and our value structure develops, we need to be socialized. And that occurs during 
you know, it occurs, it, it's an ongoing process, really. However, the most, most of our socialization happens during the first several years of our life, you know, because we're exclusively with our parents and the people that they allow us to interact with. And so during that time, a lot of what we understand as pro-social behavior, meaning approvable, if that's a word, uh, but anyways, uh, behavior that is approved of others, we learn a lot about that in our first few years of life. So for example, you know, in these developmental years, there's a lot of learning about how to behave. Uh, and it occurs a lot through play and conversation, given, given that said child is able to have and sustain a conversation uh, at that time. Other than that, they're more than likely being socialized through play. And during these interactions, we're taught what is right, what's wrong, usually through praise or redirection. So we'll receive praise for positive behavior, you know, when we take appropriate risks, when we, you know, use our own strength to physically lift us up, when we're, if we think of a little infant baby, you know, when they, when they get up on, they fall down and they get up on their own, everybody's cheering like, oh yeah, yeah, good job, good job, right? So that's that praise and that tells us, hey, when we fall down, we need to get back up. Uh, we don't necessarily understand it on that level yet just because we're, we're a baby, uh, but that's how that ends up playing out. Um, and another important uh, positive behavior that really should hopefully get praised when we're young is the idea of sharing. So if we have a toy or if we have a play set or if we're out on the playground, you know, we're taking turns with whatever the material is that more than one person is working with. Um, because the more that we can share, the more likely it is that we will have friends and the more likely it is that we'll have a peer group because we're willing to share. And when we are engaging in behavior that is not appropriate or it's not approved, oftentimes there needs to be some type of redirection. And, you know, the redirection is done by those who are taking care of us. They, they want us to change that behavior, you know? So if we take too big of a risk or if we, name call somebody or we threaten somebody or we act out in a physically aggressive way. We're going to get some type of redirection so that we're less likely to repeat that behavior. So that whole that whole piece of not just praise but also redirection it helps us repeat the behaviors that those around us want to see as part of our character um and if they do not approve of something, then it's more than likely that we'll try not to repeat that behavior. Um, but when we'll talk a little bit more about how that happens uh, with our personality, but we're going to stay focused on socialization for now. And I know I'm kind of oversimplifying this idea, you know, talking about how, you know, a lot of, a lot of it happens in the first several years. And then we enter school, you know, we receive a heavy influence from the teachers that we have and the peer groups that surround us. Um, but in a nutshell, it really is the process in which we are raised by our caretakers, you know, families and teachers, uh, how we engage with social groups and how we allow those influences to either help us navigate and how, excuse me, 
And it's how we allow those influences to help us navigate appropriately uh, in the world. And so going back to going back to um, the the approval or disapproval, uh, for if, if we're talking about now the whether or not we receive approval or we don't receive approval from behavior, that is actually often a direct reflection of the value structure of the person giving us that feedback. Uh, so I know that's a little complex, but if you think about think about that example, right, of the of the child who, like we just were talking about, the baby trying to stand up on its own two feet, and <laughs> I don't, I've never had a, I've never heard of a parent doing this, but if you know, if a parent were to not approve when the child got up, if they were to say no, right, that would be that would be a reflection of their value structure because they don't find that important for the child to be independent. They want to kind of be more of a helicopter parent, or they almost want that child to end up having some learned helplessness if they want them to stay on the ground. Again, I've never met a parent who is engaging in that type of approval or, or non-approval in this case, but their value structures, you know, wh whether they approve or don't approve of something is a reflection of what they feel like is good and not good. And so a value structure can be thought of as someone's priorities because in order, again, in order for something to be important, it must carry value. So therefore priorities and values have a tremendous amount of correlation, um, whether we're aware of it or not. And our values are mostly developed again through that socialization process because our first, our very first thoughts, beliefs, and behaviors come from those that we spend the most amount of our time with. I'm going to say that again. Our values, our first values are mostly developed through the socialization process because those first thoughts, those first beliefs, and those first behaviors come from those that we spend most of our time with. And going back to that example, right? If our parents value taking risks, we're more likely to have more opportunities to take those risks while we're under their care. And if our success rate is high, when we take those risks, if we're really successful more often than not, and we have more positive outcomes than negative outcomes, we'll be more likely to repeat that behavior in the future. Because not only is it approved by our parents, but we're also having success and we're moving towards a goal, almost like a, an unknown goal at that moment. And it will hold a lot of value in our life uh, because, again, it helps aid in our personal development. You know, and, and going back to that counterexample, if they don't value taking risks, then we'll be less likely to take risks. And that's also going to have an effect on our value structure. But if we go back to, you know, that example, right, of let's say the parent doesn't approve, but the child keeps standing up, you know, perhaps they're more of a defiant type um, and they don't always listen to what their parents and caretakers tell them, but that defiance actually also has a, a correlation and a connection to our personality type. And now I'm going to talk a little bit about how that influences uh, our priorities and our values as well. All right, just going to take a quick break to hear another word from our sponsors. We will be right back. So personality can be, and again, after looking through a few definitions and trying to come up with 
some of my own original thinking and combining a hybrid of the two. I think of personality as the combination of how your moods and emotions manifest into behaviors. And the reason being is that if, if we, you know, we, we look at that scale, right? The big five model, they measure, they measure five specific personality traits and, you know, openness, if we can think of as the ability to try new activities, they're open to multiple perspectives, perhaps they're more creative. Uh, If they're conscientious, they have the ability to fulfill their responsibilities and and do the right thing. Uh, If somebody is extroverted, they're very social, they love to be around groups of people, oftentimes are thought of as gregarious or outgoing. Agreeableness, is the ability to come to terms with not just uh, other people, but yourself. Uh, Oftentimes these people can be thought of as friendly as well, Uh, as well as their, and and as well as the last uh, trait of neuroticism and neuroticism is the susceptibility of experiencing negative emotions. And so these are all, again, measured on a continuum. So if we score low in neuroticism, it means that we're more calm and tranquil level-headed, and we're less susceptible to negative emotion. However, if we're low, excuse me, if we're high in, high in neuroticism, we're probably pretty anxious, we're probably on edge a lot, and we're often talking to ourselves in a very negative way because we have a, a very negative perspective on, on life uh, because of that personality trait. And you know, the reason why I say that personality is not just those moods and emotions, but how they manifest into behaviors, right? Somebody could be very neurotic. And oftentimes, and I know I actually have done several personality trait tests, and I scored pretty high in neuroticism. And I think part of my personality, you know, as a result, I, and, and I will say that it is pretty, it's pretty on point that I do have a lot of negative self-talk. I do have, you know, levels of anxiety, you know, they, they fluctuate. I wouldn't necessarily say that I have a, a, an anxiety disorder, but you know, there are definitely times where it's really hard for me to see the, the positive perspective or the positive point of view just because I'm, I'm very susceptible to feeling that negative emotion. And oftentimes it manifests into behaviors such as, you know, complaining or unwillingness to engage in something uh, that I was hoping to do. It, you know, also has that, you know, manifestation of looking at a situation and, and instantly thinking about what could go wrong first. Um, and then, you know, talking about all of those ways that things could go wrong. And so that's how the the moods and emotions can manifest into uh, behaviors uh, as well as as well as some of that dialogue too. And personality can affect the way that our values develop because when we're high or low in a particular trait, that creates a level of importance in different behaviors uh, that we may or may not engage in. Uh, So I'm going to use a different example. Uh, You know, if we were to score high levels of the traits, openness, 
extroversion and agreeableness, right? We're more likely to have high value or high priorities of friendship and family because not only are we just a sociable person, sociable person who likes ideas and having conversations, um, you know, but we're also really friendly and we want to engage in those in those conversations. And that's what we want to be spending our time doing because there's that direct connection to our personality traits. And the more that we can act in accordance to those, we, we feel more fulfilled, um, you know, and because we're agreeable as well, like we don't, we don't always, we don't want to seek out confrontation, you know? So if there's ever a time that, that a conflict came up, we're more than likely to side with the majority. And that's how that trait of agreeableness can actually manifest into a behavior. And, and that's actually something that I also scored high in after taking several personality tests. I, I am a very agreeable person. And, you know, and even if I find myself having some strong thoughts or opinions about something, if a lot of people are siding against me or against those thoughts and opinions, i I don't necessarily always side with them anyway, but I will keep quiet a lot of the times. And that, you know, and that non-behavior even there in that specific case of not taking action, uh, it has, again, a direct correlation with the fact that I'm a very agreeable person. And so this can be really challenging, you know, when a lot of these situations interfere uh, with our priorities some courses of study. Um you know, and let's let's take another example here. But let's imagine that we're trying to prioritize furthering our education by enrolling in a course of study. There's a big test coming up in the near future, but our friends, like we can even th- kind of think of it if you if you're a person who's already graduated college, right? This is probably something that you probably personally experienced. There's a big test coming up in the near future but your friends are really twisting your arm to go out with them and put the studying off for another day or a later time in the day, depending on, you know, what's happening, but they want, they want you to put it off and they want you to have some fun with them. And if we are, you know, if we use those examples again of high levels of extroversion, openness and agreeableness, we're very likely to succumb to that influence because of how our personality is shaped and how we've structured values uh, that align with our personality. And this is what makes it so challenging. Even though we've said that idea in our mind of, I'm going to prioritize my education, up until that point, we haven't lived that out, right? Because in, in, in grade school, middle school, high school, yes, academics are of utmost importance. However, we often in those age, in those age brackets – we more often than not engage in some of those, again, if we're very high in openness, uh, specifically extroversion, um, more so than openness, but we're more than likely to hang out with people because that's what we need. And that's what fulfills us because we're extroverted. And, you know, even though we're trying to make that leap now that our own education is more important than a night out with our friends, the night out with our friends speaks more to our current mode of being and our current 
personality and who we are, you know? And again, this, there's often a lot of confusion with what we say, right? We'll say that we want to do one thing, but then we do something else. So there's a lot of confusion with what we say and what we do. However, you know, we need to try to get to a point where, where we need to be making some of those better decisions. And, you know, this is really how personality affects how our priorities are played out in our lives. And, you know, if we, if we use another example, right, of, you know, if we're high in openness, right, we're more likely to try new things. We're more likely to take in new perspectives and ideas. So our priorities may not always be set in stone because of this, unless we're also high in conscientiousness. So conscientiousness is that we're very likely to have a lot of checklists or to-do lists so that we know that we're on the right path, we're doing the right thing. Because that's what conscientiousness speaks to, is, is having more of an orderly life. And so the fulfillment of actually getting things done for a conscientious person, it, it, it is fulfilling because it actually keeps their positive emotion flowing because it allows them to have a baseline of whether or not they're living the life that not just they want to live, but the life that they're supposed to live based on said priorities. So it can be challenging too, uh, because I, you know, I'm going to use my personal example of, of my personality tests that I scored high in conscientiousness, but I also I also scored high in neuroticism. So that's a pretty big conundrum for me. Um, you know, so I'm actually I'm very aware of my own inadequacies uh, because I'm very neurotic as well. And because I'm experiencing some of those negative emotions, that feeling is only intensified when I'm not fulfilling my priorities. And so if you're a person, again, and I honestly, I, based on a lot of this conversation, I know it's kind of going down the rabbit hole and the path of personality, which is fine, but, you know, socialization and values do have, do have a lot of influence too. But, you know, I think a lot of people should really try to take a personality test so that you know, kind of who you are and, and what is your makeup on the inside of you, you know, what fulfills you because, when I'm not fulfilling my priorities, my negative emotion is only intensified. It only gets worse. And when this occurs, you know, we, I either, and we as people, we can either rise, we can face it. We can think of those responses of fight, flight, or freeze. Um, you know, so we have those options, but whatever our traits are, whatever our personality traits are, those have a heavy influence on how we live out our priorities. So, we need to really think of how we can change that. So instead of fleeing into escape, into escapism, right? Instead of escaping our priorities, we need to try to really face them and rise to the occasion. So now a big question that's probably come up, you know, if you've been listening up to this point is, is how can I live out my priorities more consistently, right? So this is actually something that I did after uh, listening to a really great podcast um, you know, so in order to, in that podcast, by the way, is, uh, is actually the Aubrey Marcus podcast with Jersey Gregorick. They talked a lot about, uh, prioritizing what you love and how you can live out your priorities in a much better way. So first, you know, in order to make a change about how we live out our priorities, we really need to think long and hard about what we really want them to be. 
and write them in a list form so that we know what stands where, what is more important than others. So for example, you know, maybe your list says number one, family, number two, health, number three, my job, number four, my education, number five, my friends, number six, my hobbies that bring me joy. You know, the next thing to do after you list that, like that's what you want, right? That's what you want to see in yourself. You know, the next thing to do from there is to analyze that list with a critical eye from from the from the perspective of somebody else, you know, and, and think about, and, and, you know, maybe you could, and you could do it from yourself too, but I always find it really helpful to analyze it from a, a different perspective than your own to really think about how you've been living out priorities because when we think of it from just our own personal first person perspective, we, we allow ourselves to justify why we're not hitting those priorities. But, you know, maybe upon that analyzation, we realize that we've actually been living our priorities like this. Number one, our job. Number two, family, friends. Number three, hobbies that bring me joy, number four, my health, and number five, my education. So, you know, these lists, again, are just a couple of quick examples, but it should give you a good jumping off or a good starting point for the real work that's to come next. So you have your first list of what you want your priorities to be. Then you have your second list of how you've been living out your priorities. So after making these couple of lists, we need to think about what is interfering. What is it in our life that is interfering with living out our priorities the way that we want to? You know, it could be the expectations of our work. It could be the stress from work that's putting our hobbies over health, such as hanging out with friends. Maybe you like to go out and have a drink with friends. I mean, I know during now, you know, with COVID, but that's something I know a lot of people do to relieve stress. Um, but you know, this is, this is a really valuable meditation. And when I say meditation, I'm not talking about sitting down and getting quieted, but think in, in a way, yes, I guess, but you really, the meditation idea of it is that you're really thinking about it for a long period of time. So it's a valuable meditation to think about what is interfering um, and why, because it'll help you set up a plan for what's to come next so that you can make some positive changes and live the life that you're intending or really trying to live so obviously that next piece of it is is think of what it is that you need to change so if we go back to that previous example right of of the the person who's trying to further their education and they end up going out with their friends instead in order to keep your education above friends on your priority list if that's what you truly want to live then you'll have to say no next time you're put in a similar situation or maybe you'll have to not just say that but maybe like uh maybe i'll catch up with you later and you know if you're at if your friends ask why which i'm sure they will just be honest with them and and tell them why and if they're true friends then they'll hopefully they should understand sure they might razz you or you know make fun of you a little bit but they should truly understand what it is that you're trying to do there and and allow you to to go do that so you know, either choice that you make, um, you know, whether you just say no, or perhaps you can meet up with them later. Each time you make one of those choices, the next time that decision comes up, it's, it's just going to get easier. And by saying no, it'll help you stay aligned in your priorities. And 
you know, the last part of it is, is that know that it's an ongoing process, right? So we need to consistently evaluate, reevaluate so that we can live as aligned to our priorities as we can. And, and this is challenging because I know this is something that I've been trying to do myself and I'm not always successful and, and know that when you're not successful, it's, it's still valuable feedback because it could tell you or give you some insight as to what needs to be changed and what you can do differently. So it'll help you make tweaks throughout the process of prioritization to ensure that you're really doing your best to be the person that you're that you're striving to be in, in one way I try to do it. And I, and again, I say try because I'm not always successful and I'm not always consistent with it, but it's, it's useful when, when I do engage in it. And I think after this podcast, I'm going to try to do it even more just to try to live by my own ethos, but, you know, reflecting at night or even at, not even just at night, but anytime that you can at least sit down and think, I know I like to really do a lot of thought uh, you know, conscious thought journaling where whatever's on my mind, I'll just write it down. Or specifically, if you have that question in mind, like, how are you living out your priorities? You know, some answers will definitely come to you. And it's really important to take those ideas into consideration. And again, really looking at what it is that's stopping you from doing what it, you said you were going to do. And you know, to, to wrap, start wrapping this up, you know, you might be asking, well, why is it important to live out our, our priorities? And, you know, there's a lot of reasons and and I could get into it, uh, in depth, but I'm going to just kind of provide a a few quick bullet points here is that, you know, the first reason is that it lessens our decision fatigue. So each day the human makes thousands of decisions. Um, and depending upon what your occupation is, you might make more than others, but you know, that's just, that's just the nature of, of occupations. But anytime we make a decision, regardless of what that decision is, especially if it's a, if it's a, if it's a decision that we're thinking a lot about, it takes energy. And the more that we think about it, the more energy that that decision takes. And constantly or constantly using that energy to make everyday decisions we're gonna we're gonna tire quicker but when we act in accordance to our priorities we already know what we're gonna do it's set in stone we know when we're gonna do it because we'll be guided by our priorities and so when we make our schedules we'll schedule our priorities and there's probably not going to be a whole lot of wiggle room so we don't have to necessarily think about oh well do I have to go out with my friends today or, oh man, do I have to go out and get a, get a toothbrush? Because again, we'll, we'll work that into our schedules so that we don't have to think about small, small decisions that end up taking a good chunk of our, of our energy. Um, and so we'll also, again, going back to the emotions piece is that we'll actually experience less negative emotion. Uh, We'll experience more positive emotion because we'll be, we'll be working towards something meaningful by correcting our path in life. And, and in the next podcast, I'll talk a little bit more about what it means to really be on the path. And I, I know I've talked about it maybe in some other ones before, but I'll talk a little bit more about it in the next one. But the more that we can be on a right path, knowing that we are navigating towards an end goal, 
the more positive emotion that we experience. And so it's really important to figure out what our priorities are, figure out why we aren't living them out, you know, thinking, how have I been raised? What are my values? What is my personality like? And really just trying to make a plan to live them out and just know that there are going to be a lot of benefits from it. Um, Like I said, I know I personally need to continue to be more consistent, but I know that when I've been living, when I've had chunks of time in my life that I've been living in accordance to my priorities, I feel better because I'm experiencing more positive emotion and I understand that I'm doing what it is that I need to do. So in sum, figure out what your priorities are, figure out why you aren't living them out and make a plan to live them out.